To you 14 who chose that song before I get up here, thank you very much. Ladies, thank you for uh, writing down your favorite songs this morning and uh, allowing us to to share those with our whole church family. Uh, What a blessing that has been today. I would like for all of our moms and grandmas to stand for just a moment so we can recognize you for just a little bit. Please stand. Man, look around. This is pretty good. Moms, it goes without saying, we love you and we appreciate you and you probably don't hear those words nearly enough. And all the moms said, okay. Any Calvin and Hobbes fans in the audience today, maybe you'll recognize this one. Uh, In a recent Calvin and Hobbes, uh, Calvin's standing by his mother's bed when he says, Hey, Mom, wake up. I made you a Mother's Day card. And his mother was so pleased and started to read it out loud. And I was going to buy you a card with the hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd rather spend the money instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small, So I guess you're plenty lucky that I got you anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. There, I've said it. Now I'm done. So now, how about you get out of bed and make me something for breakfast? Have you heard that before, moms? You hear it a lot, don't you? Now, I like some of these. You know you are a mom when, okay? See if you can uh, familiarize yourself with these. You know you're a mom when your feet stick to the kitchen floor and you really don't care. You know you're a mom when the kids are fighting, you threaten to lock them in a room together and not let them out until someone's bleeding. You know you're a mom when you can't find your cordless phone or your cell phone, and so you ask a friend to call you, and you run around the house madly following the sound until you locate the phone in the laundry basket. Your idea of a good day is making it through without a child leaking bodily fluids on you. Hopefully your, your new moms will come uh, familiarize yourself with that one. You know your mom when your baby's pacifier falls on the floor and you give it back to her after you suck the dirt off of it because you're too busy to wash it off. Wow. Started not to read that one. It just makes me sick thinking about it. You know your mom when spit is your number one cleaning agent. (laughs) I never really did understand it much when mom, when my mom would spit on her 50,000 Kleenexes she had in her purse and would use it somewhere on my body. But then I realized after you become a parent, it's not a bad idea, and you have to do what you have to do, right? You know you're a mom when you're so desperate for adult conversation that you spill your guts to the telemarketer that calls, and they hang up on you. Or you're in your bathroom and there's toothpaste on the light fixtures, water all over the floor, and a dog drinking out of the toilet. You know your mom when you automatically double knot everything you tie. 
or that you can never go to the bathroom alone without someone screaming outside the door. You actually start to like the smell of strained carrots mixed with applesauce. Wow, that one's bad too. You know your mom when you weep through the scene in Dumbo when his mom is taken away, not to mention what Bambi does to you. Or you spend a half hour searching for your sunglasses only to have your teenager say, Mom, why don't you wear the ones that you pushed up on your head? I like this one. You're out for a nice romantic meal with your husband, enjoying some real adult conversation, when suddenly you realize that you've reached over and started to cut up his steak. That's when you know that you're a mom. I want you to turn this morning to Exodus chapter 1. And while you're turning there, I want to say this. And I say this at just about every Mother's, Father's Day. I know today is very difficult for some of you. In fact, I know some of you moms who really just didn't even want to be here today because some of you asked me earlier in the week, are you really going to preach a Mother's Day sermon? I said, yeah, but you know, I'm going to give the disclaimers at the beginning like I always do. But I do that to say this. Some of you are here this morning and maybe your mom has passed on, passed away. But you still have those memories of mom right here in your heart, don't you? Or maybe you're here and your memories of mom are just not real pleasant. And I'm sorry if that's the case. But whatever situation that you're in today, I want you to know from my heart to yours that you serve a God who loves you. And you serve a God who is the God of all comfort. And so no matter what, we all go through in life, God is there to lay his comforting hand upon us and to help us just, for lack of a better phrase, let's just say, get through another day or another moment, okay? And so realize today, today is more than just Mother's Day, okay? Today is another day that the Lord has made. It's another day that he is using you to make a difference in somebody's life. You know, since the very beginning of time, since the time of Eve, it has fallen to mothers to raise their children for the Lord. I mean, think about some of these things this morning. Our moms brought us into the world. They nurture us. They provide for us. They raised us up, and I'm even going to say to some, they're still raising us up, okay? Maybe you're still raising your children, I don't know. They teach us, they discipline us, and that list can go on and on and on. For just a moment, I want you to think in your mind right now, what did my mom, you ask that to yourself, really do for me? What did my mom provide for me? You see, mothers have this remarkable ability, now look at this, to change the world through their children. Maybe you're not moms, maybe you're not very happy with the way you turned out. 
Maybe you're not very happy with the life that you're living. I don't know how you can say that. You do so much. But you have that God-given ability to speak and to teach and to nurture your children. And I can tell you this, and you know this, moms, your job is never done. Amen? It's never over. And that's not a bad thing. A mother is a person who's willing to take the responsibility of investing her life into another human being, now look at this, who is totally dependent upon her to do so. Especially to you moms right now that are holding newborns or maybe you're struggling with some kids right now. I don't know how old they are. But you just think about it. You're looking into the eyes right now of a newborn babe. And they're looking back at you needing you for everything right now. Okay? And then all of a sudden, one day, what do our kids do? Boy, they grow up before our very eyes. But yet, you begin to see this. No matter their age, young or old, they still need you. And they still look to you for godly advice and godly example, godly morals, godly courage. They still look to you as their mom. I want to take you back many years ago and I want you to look in Exodus chapter 1. And I want you to look, and we're going to see this morning, here is a mother who did some things for her child, probably that you and I could never dream of. Okay? To an extent we can, but let, let's, I want to begin in verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shiprah and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, see, they even had stools back then. Can you believe it? If it is a boy, what's the next phrase say? Kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. Well, that's pretty brave. I mean, they stood out, the midwives did, in standing against that edict. They let the boys live. In verse 18, then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. And so God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Moms, mark this down. In nothing else, when you decide in your life that you're going to fear God, 
God will always bless you. Do you see that? God allowed that to happen. And he said, because you're standing out and because you're choosing to be different, in essence, God is saying, I'm going to bless not only you, but who else? I'm going to bless your families. Moms, listen. Church, listen. When we decide to take a stand against everything that the world throws at us, every kind of edict that's imaginable, when we decide we are not going to follow the ways of the world and we're going to listen to the will of God, God will always shower His blessings on you. We need more and more people of faith that are willing to do exactly what these midwives did. To look at something that's passed down and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm not going to follow that plan because I listen to a higher calling. And so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased, became even more numerous because the midwives feared God gave them families of their own, and then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Here we go again. Every boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. One way or the other, Pharaoh was going to try to have his way, wasn't he? One way or the other, Pharaoh was going to go against the plan of God for the day, and do whatever he thought was best at the time. And so, here's something I want to say at the very beginning of this. When you begin to read this, you begin to understand that by all human standards, Moses never had a chance. Not only was he born a slave, but there was already this death sentence upon him. And so Moses' mother, who we find out later, is named Jochebed, took great risks to protect her son. And unfortunately, this woman was a slave among a very brutal people. And so the plan set here in Exodus 1 was to control the Hebrew people through controlling the male population. And so the Hebrew people would soon be this stagnant race and Egypt would have total control over them. But the problem for the Pharaoh was what we just read. The midwives said no to that command. And they allowed the boys to live, and the nation of Israel grew strong in spirit and in number, which was the fear of Egypt. And so Egyptian cruelty did not end, but it only continued. You see, Moses was a Hebrew, born in this cruel culture of ancient Egypt where Pharaoh had declared that all the Hebrew boys that were born were going to die. But do you see what he says? Just throw them in to the Nile River. Now, can you imagine what's in the Nile River? A lot of things, but what are the big things that have the big mouths? Probably crocodiles in there, okay? Throw them into the Nile. He'll be all right. He'll survive. And so Pharaoh became one of this long line of, I'm going to say, lunatics who've attempted 
to exterminate the Jews, and he knew that through them would come the Savior of the world. And so as we read this story, it's this old, old story of hatred and murder and persecution and of unreasonable men and women. But into this situation, Moses is born. And so one roadblock stymied Pharaoh's plans because this young, determined lady named Jochebed decided, while everybody else is going to bow down to this new order, I'm not going to submit to it. No one, not even mighty Pharaoh, would lay his hands on her God-given child. But do you see what happens here? When you continue to read the story, her courage not just it didn't just save Moses. Her courage saved a nation. Her courage was huge. And so Moses became this great deliverer of Israel. And only eternity will show the greatness of this mother. Then you go on to see her second child, Miriam. She looked after Moses. She's intimately associated with her brothers in Israel's history. And she's this gifted poet and musician as well. And if you think about it, has any mother in history ever raised three more noteworthy children than she did? And I know all of you moms are sitting there saying, I have. Okay? What a mom this lady was. She determined in her heart to stand firm in the forces of evil in her world, forces that wanted to destroy her son and the nation, and she makes a stand. Now I want you to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 34. And I want you to jump down to verse 10, 11, and 12. Last three verses that close this thought out. As the death of Moses comes on board here, look at what is said. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. What made Moses that kind of man? Did it just happen? What made Moses that kind of man, church? His mom. Did everything in her power. She made great choices. She made great decisions. So that as we read this, we can really step back and think, you know what? It's no surprise that Moses was this kind of man because he was trained and he was taught and he was instilled from birth that this is the kind of person that you are to be. Moms, that's our role. That's your role, isn't it? That's our role as godly parents, to instill in our children the belief that God loves them. That right there is a huge thing to teach, isn't it? 
that they are loved by God. Because we live in a world that says otherwise. But because of her stance, again, not only did it help protect her son, but all of his life, he grew to become a great, great man of faith. And he learned it from his mother. The parents of Moses were willing to risk their lives to follow the will of God. Parents, are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to go against all odds to make sure that the will of God is followed through in your children's life more than anything? Their decision was clear. From the beginning, what was it? Save the child. Whatever the consequences, save the child. And I want to tell you, it wasn't an easy thing to go against that royal decree. But you know what made the difference in Jochebed? Faith drove out fear. I want you to think about that this morning. What areas of your life right now, not just to moms, but to all of us as a church, what areas of your life right now do you need to hear that statement? Faith always drives out fear. You realize most of the time in life, what are we driven by? Fear. And yet the very thing that God calls us to every day of life is what? Faith. You live your life by faith. I want you to look over in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We know this as the great hall of faith chapter. All these men and women who are mentioned about things that they did in their life by faith. And I love when it comes down here to verse 23, what is said about Moses. By faith, verse 23, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Now let's stop right there. Moms, are there days where you'd like to just hide your kids for three months? <laughs> Sometimes they can drive us crazy, can't they? Can you imagine this? And that was so he could survive, so he could live. And so hit him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Wow. Do you see that? Do you see the choice that Moses made? Moses said, I'm willing to give up what's popular right here in the eyes of people. I'm willing to give all of that up because I want to be known as a child of God. Isn't that great? You and I are called in every decision we make, 
in everything that we do, we are called to stand out and be different and make a decision that a Christian man or woman should make. That's our calling. And if we fail in that, we've really messed up, haven't we? But guess what? Even when we mess up, who is there to lift us back up and to allow us another opportunity to get started again? It's why we're here right now. It's called forgiveness. Because the one thing that you and I had, we had a sin problem. And the only thing that could take care of our sin problem was the blood of Jesus. And that meant that God was going to have to willingly give up His most precious Son. But He chose to do that for you. He chose to do that for me. And so Moses chose to be mistreated for the pleasures of sin for a short time because he wanted to be a child of God. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go through the fires and back for the sake of Christ? Look what else it says. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Wow. I mean, he had everything, all the treasures. He had it all at his fingertips. And what does it say? He chose to disregard disgrace for the sake of Christ Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered. Look at this. Because he saw him who is invisible. Wow. That's faith. He chose to just let go of all the riches that the world had to offer at the time. Pretty tempting, isn't it? And a lot of times in our life, what do we do? Yeah, let's just come over here and play with this for a little bit and see what it's like. Only to realize, you know, this other offer that God gives me is, it lasts forever. The riches that the world throws at us, they may look good, but they're only temporary. They're going to last for a little while. But the reward that we look to right now, the reward that Elton Weeks' mother met, that's what we want, isn't it, church? We want to go ahead and look to the invisible by faith. And so when that happens, 
It's not by accident. This happened in the life of Moses because he was raised that way. Jochebed had two qualities that I think every woman of God possesses. Number one, she had a great respect for human life. Okay? She was willing to do whatever it took to preserve the lives of her children. I mean, what a contrast with today where we kill over a million babies a year through abortion. Shame on our country for that. Shame on our country. But we know better, don't we, people? We know better. And we know that is not the will of God. And that's exactly what Jochebed said thousands of years ago. It is not God's will for this newborn to be put to death. And I'm not going to stand for it. So she had a great respect for human life, but she also had a great respect for spiritual life. And we've seen that all throughout the story. She overcame all the obstacles with God's help. And as we're here this morning, there's obstacles in our way, isn't there? Satan's going to throw every obstacle that he can. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He's given us the power to knock every obstacle down so that God's will can stand firm. And so never underestimate and never shrink from your responsibility, moms, in letting God shine through your life into the hearts of your children and your husband and entire family. And may all of us, as we serve God on a daily basis, may we realize Jochebed served a great God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that's the same God that you and I serve right now and forevermore. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for the life that you've called us to as your people. Father, we thank you for giving us life through your son Jesus. And I pray, Father, that this story this morning has touched our hearts and reminded us of those areas in our life where we need to take a stand for you. But Father, above all, May your will be done in our lives forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to stand right now and sing a song of invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to come to be baptized into Christ so that your sins can be forgiven and that you can receive that gift of God's Holy Spirit that dwells right here in our hearts. Aren't you thankful for His Spirit? daily maybe you're here and you need prayers i don't know where you are in your life spiritually but i know this we all need the power of prayer at work in our lives and so if you need that this morning in a public way if there's anybody that can help you down front please let us know as together we stand and